You are listening live to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn's home for student-run radio since 1971. And as many of our listeners know, this is Weagle's one and only weekly drive-time morning show, bringing you weather, sports, the menus at the edge, weird news stories, Alabama state history, and more every Monday through Thursday. Broadcasting live from the Bradley-based and WEGL studio on the first floor of the Harold Melton Student Center, I am your Tuesday host, Alex Houston, and it is a weird day outside. It is 51 degrees and sunny, but expected to get as high as 71 with cloudy conditions later in the day. Now, I know you all are wondering, Alex, what are we supposed to wear for such weather? And I honestly have no idea, and all I can say is good luck. Now, today, I am joined by the host of Slammin' Radio, Josh, as well as Eagle Eye TV stage manager, Brayden Haynes. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Tired, Alex. Well, thank you, Brayden. I, I expected no less. Apparently, you ran all the way here. I did. So that that lets everybody listening how how dedicated Brayden is to this show as a multi-time guest on the Alex Houston version of the show. That's all a joke. She's never been here before. Until I've now. been on Compact Discourse before. No, my Compact Discourse before, though. Well, first time for everything. I suppose so. What a day we have in store. So much has been going on. Um... Yesterday, Brayden sent me some news about AMC raising their ticket price, and I turned it into a hit tweet, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, you stole it from yeah. me. <laughs> I'm going to quote tweet whatever you send me if it's worthy news. <laughs> and yeah. And then today, obviously, Auburn basketball takes on Texas A&M, and we'll work through some Auburn basketball therapy as well for anybody listening who is still feeling sad or upset over Saturday's game. I got in a fight with someone on Twitter about that. Of course. Not Not intentionally. But I just tweeted that I don't think things are going to end up so well. And everyone's like, why are you being so negative? And I was like, because they play. I don't, did either of you watch the game on Saturday? I did not. Yes. You did watch the game, Braden? Yeah. Well, what was your impression? Um, I think Auburn fans are too optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think people are going to stone me for saying that. But, like, we're not good. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're, they're not, are they? I mean, no. 43 points. In, That's embarrassing. In collegiate basketball, that is barely a point per minute. Because they do, they do play 40, 40 minutes. If they played 48 minutes like the NBA, that would be worse. But it's still quite terrible. I, of course, due to my internship, have had to write about all of these games. And it's getting really difficult when it's like, oh, I got to write that Auburn shot 30%. from. The, <laughs> actually, they shot below that. I think they shot oh. 28, 22% maybe, I think. And they shot like 4% from, not 4%, it was like 9% from three. They were three of 27, oh, man. which is, which I, I, I don't mean to be mean. And this is probably going to ruin my chance of getting Bruce Pearl to come on this show. But I think if you gave me a basketball a hundred times, I could just <laughs> throw it at the rim and have more success <laughs> at some point. And I have no basketball talent whatsoever. It's just statistics. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. I don't know how. And that's what I tweeted because Auburn signed... As as some some of our listeners may know, Auburn signed two very talented point guard recruits for the 2024 class. One of them who goes to Baker High School, which in my hometown, LeBaron Phylon, he scores like 38 points a game. He's really good. He's only a junior. And my tweet was like, I don't think these guys are going to be able to fix it if they're this bad. And some guy was like, how do you know that? They're so talented. And I was like, I don't know, man. It's not just one person. Like, they like, had Jabari and Walker last year, and it didn't really matter, did it? No. In the, in the grand scheme of things, it all kind of fell apart. But enough about Auburn basketball sadness for now. Let's talk about a sport that everybody really enjoys. Gymnastics. Oh, true. That's true. Did, did y'all watch the gymnastics meet on Friday? I didn't watch the I watched, latest one. I watched clips. Clips. Clips as in, like, when they post on Twitter that SUNY keeps getting tense? Uh, that, yes. Those, those are the clips that most people seem to watch. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited for this Friday's meet. Ooh. I don't know if either of you are planning on going, but it'll probably be impossible to get into anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the Libby Dunn experience uh, is pretty much turned into a traveling circus, unfortunately, due to annoying frat guys. But oh, I feel so bad for true. her. It's so yeah, she is. So she has been injured, but she was back competing last week. So there's no indication that she won't be competing this week, which means she'd probably be traveling with the team. Which is kind of what everybody was wondering is like, if she isn't competing or if she's injured, would she come with the team? And would that you know, would the generic male audience react the same way? And I'm moderately concerned. Uh, uh, yeah. I didn't. I had Coach Grable on last Tuesday, and I didn't ask him specifically about that, but he said he thinks LSU's meet is going to be crazy, and I'm like, what do you? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Do you mean do you mean the guys are gonna have cardboard cutouts of Libby Dunn? Because that's what happened. And to be honest, it's all completely disgusting and despicable. Yeah. But it's and she had to tweet about it after the first meet was like, hey guys, let's just and that's not saying that it is par for the course, obviously because it's not. But with gymnastics getting a lot more popular, it has brought in a lot of eyes that would otherwise not be there. Yeah. I found like last year at the Bama meet. When they announced the Alabama starters, people did the sucks chant. I'm like, that's not really a gymnastics thing. Because, like, in gymnastics, it's not really team versus team. You kind of cheer for everybody. Yeah. It's an, all, yeah, it's an enjoyable sport for everyone to And watch. it's an individual sport, yeah. too, as much as anything else. Like, even even Coach Grebe has said that the opposing team's score does not matter to them. What they do themselves matters. So, like, yeah. it's brought a lot of uncomfortable eyes. Because, again, Livy Dunn being as popular as she is on all social media platforms has therefore led to a very uncomfortable amount of people waiting outside the arena for her to leave, which is totally not weird behavior. Ugh. Yeah, it's quite terrible. But obviously on Saturday, or on Friday, Auburn does not beat Alabama. They have never actually won in Tuscaloosa, ever. They've wow. only beaten Alabama three times out of, I believe, 120, give or take. Wow. Which is quite insane. So so a, a statistic on the team website said, and primarily, they did get rid of the high score, and SUNY scored two more tens, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. As I'm sure you saw on Twitter. I'm guessing those are the clips. Because they always post every time she scores a 10. Yeah. yeah. I watch and those and I watch anything Darian does, too. Don't we all? It's <laughs> so fun. So, Josh, you are a freshman? I am a freshman. So, have you, have you not been to a gymnastics meet yet? I went to my first one about two weeks ago. Ooh, that friends. was a good one. It was a good one, yes. Yeah. I think it was. Was it the Arkansas one? Or yeah, the, that was it. Yeah, that was, that, was the, that was the home opener. Yeah. I, I had not even heard about gymnastics my freshman year, which was four years ago. It feels like a lot longer. And we just went on a whim one time, and now, like, that's our go-to sport. Like, football and basketball, who cares? Mainly because football and basketball make us sad. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have to go, go to our backup plan, which is in the case of gymnastics, which it's not a bad backup plan to have when you've got an Olympic gold medalist and the proverbial queen of Auburn gymnastics, which I've started to refer Basically, her in all yeah. of my articles I'm like, the queen steps up. Because it is, they all announce her as that, and it's basically her nickname, and she wrote it on her little introduction. So I think it's a, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. But anyway, Auburn takes on LSU. They're now number five in the country again. They've stayed, stood around the top five pretty much the whole time. By the likes of Michigan, I believe Oklahoma and Florida, among many others. And last bits of news. Don't worry, guys. We won't bore you all too much with our sports news. But... I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. Anybody any big basketball fans here or no, no basketball? Not really. A tad. A tad, a tad. As an Atlanta Hawks fan, Brady, yeah. I know you're from the Atlanta area. I am from Atlanta, yes. Well, speaking of the Atlanta Hawks, the guy that they traded for Trey Young, Luka Doncic, and the Dallas Mavericks now have Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't know okay. if you guys are familiar with him, but he once thought that the earth was flat. I, oh, I, I know. That, yeah, <laughs> yes. That's probably my only knowledge of that man. And and now people are like, oh my gosh, he's going to go to Dallas and investigate JFK's assassination, which <laughs> is quite, quite, 
I would not be surprised if someone asks him in a few days and if he goes, it just doesn't make sense, man. How'd they make that <laughs> shot? I don't, I don't know. But the Mavericks have traded for Kyrie Irving. They traded Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick, and two second-round picks. Kind of a major salary dump because Spencer Dinwiddie had a big contract. Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, had a big contract. I'm going to guess. And it's kind of crazy because Kyrie's been on like four teams and he's basically destroyed every single one. Like he was on the he was on the Cavs and they won a championship and then a year later he's like I demand a trade because I don't want to play with LeBron anymore and we're like okay so then he gets traded to the Celtics then he demands a trade from there which I don't remember the circumstance exactly it was it was very odd like it was a very weird because they had lost a bunch in the playoffs and he's like I'm done and then he goes to the Nets and he doesn't play for a while because he didn't want to get vaccinated mm. and then he said something a few months ago so he, then he finally started playing with the Nets. And then he also demands a trade already. Because, like, this year everybody was so hyped about the trio of him, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. And then he's like, actually, I don't really like Brooklyn. And he got out of there real quick. Which, <laughs> I mean, I've never been to Brooklyn myself. I don't know if I can blame him for that. <laughs> Brooklyn's nice. I, I, I don't know. I went to New York once when I was 10. See, Josh yeah. doesn't say Brooklyn's nice. Is, is Brooklyn? Actually, to be honest, I don't think I've been there. <laughs> well, in that case, all, all, my, all my judgment of Brooklyn is based on movies and TV shows discussing yeah. <laughs> part of Brooklyn. Oh, my. It doesn't seem as bad as the Bronx, but like, you know. <laughs> or Staten Island. Or Staten yeah. yes. Staten Island <laughs> Staten Island is like treated like the butt of every New York joke I've ever seen. Like it's it always is. like you could be here. Cause like the show What We Do in the Shadows that I watch on yeah. Hulu, like the whole point is that they're in Staten Island and yep. like they think it's very important, but then they're like, We're gonna take over New York and then they go to like a Staten Island City Council meeting. It's like, <laughs> guys, maybe it doesn't actually matter. The way Pete Davidson talks about Staten Island is so funny. Every, the way he talks about most things is quite funny. Yes. I still get that joke from that roast of somebody. You know, because they always do the celebrity roast on, like, oh, TNT. Oh, was it, was it Michael Sheen that he did? No, 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 no. This is a joke made about Pete Davidson. Because, you know, all the all those celebrity roasts, it's always weird because they always roast the people that are doing yeah. the roasting as well. And one guy came up and was like, I think it's so wrong what people have said about Pete Davidson's dad. This is not the roast of Pete Davidson's father. That was on 9-11. <laughs> and that was maybe one of the wildest jokes I've ever seen. And everybody just groaned. And Pete Davidson was like, that's good. <laughs> he he makes jokes about stuff that I would not even touch with a 10-foot pole. But that's true. That's the Pete Davidson way, I guess. And it works. I mean, it does work, I guess. What is it? Wasn't there like a Pete Davidson like relationship tracker on Twitter a few months oh, ago? Oh, yeah. Because there's, always, there's always somebody. I don't know who he's on now. Nobody has any idea. I thought the problem is people are like making jokes. Like they've like been posting him with like, who was it? The Queen. <sighs> yes, and like it's like oh my gosh, Pete Davidson spotted at a coffee shop with Meryl Streep or like yeah. nonsense like that. And I, honestly, sometimes I'm like, it could. I, could I wouldn't it. doubt it. I I could see that. At this point, he just pops up with a random celebrity at every like red carpet. I'm like, how does this know. happen, man? Yeah. Every <laughs> single time. Now I'm trying to look up something because I want to figure out because there was a controversy with Kyrie Irving a few months ago, and I want to remember what it was exactly. But I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. There's been so many. Oh, yeah. It was it was about posting this anti-Semitic movie on oh. Twitter. Like, he posted just a direct link to it, and he's like, I wasn't promoting it. And we're like, uh. Yeah. So that was another added controversy among many others. So the Mavericks are taking on a lot there. Like, he's he's really good on the court. Like, he's really good. But there's a lot that comes with it. And it is a bit of a dicey one because he only has a one-year contract. So the theory with the Mavs, at least so far, is that 
They're going to basically get him for this one year, and if it works, you sign him to a big contract, and if it doesn't work, kick him on his way and just re-sign a bunch of other people. But my issue is, what if it works a bit? But the thing with Kyrie is it always works at the start. He's always really good the first, like, two to three years. But then something happens, and he demands a trade, or he hates – and Dallas is not exactly a fun place. <laughs> what, what are they going to do when the power goes out for an entire month in December? <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I make those jokes. My grandparents actually lived in Dallas during that, and after that, because like y'all remember that power outage? Like, do, yeah. was it was like two, three years ago. There's, There's the one going storm. on right now. Well, yeah, that's true. There always <laughs> is. It's it's so terrible. But like that one, like two or three years ago, where I mean, it was f- under twenty degrees and nobody had any heat. Like my grandparents lived in, and they're like, yeah, we're leaving. So they came to Mobile, and I'm like, you know, we have hurricanes. <laughs> they're like, yeah, this is different, I guess. I don't really, I don't really know if they if they understand the gravity of those events until it'll happen. Hmm. But that is something that's going on with Dallas. My parents, or my dad's a Dallas fan. My brother, my other brother, my cousins are all fans. And they were all debating it, going back and forth. I don't know. To be honest, I just tune into the NBA when the finals come around at this point. There's so many games. It's (laughs) so hard to watch. There's 82 games a year. It's so – plus, like, nowadays, like, stars don't even play, like, all the games. They play, like, 60 and they just rest. Like, oh, he's not playing for load management, which I still think is one of the weirdest ways to define that. Is like, just come up with fake injuries instead. What's like, just, oh, he's tired? Okay. I don't really know. <laughs> needs to take a nap. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that debate's going on on Twitter because it's like, now people are like, oh, my gosh, NBA player showed up three hours early to the game to get some shot up. And people are on Twitter like, wow, he showed up early to do his job. Like, I, it's like, well, like, do you get credit for going to the gym when you get paid a billion dollars a year? It's a question. I don't know. Then again, I also am not an NBA player. Yeah. Are you guys an NBA player? That's a great question. Uh, actually, yes. Well, Bra- Braden will be involved in the Eagle Eye Weagle uh, All-Star <laughs> game this year. Isn't that right? Uh, coaching. Coaching? Yeah. I'll also be coaching. I, I, I have I have no basketball ta- basketball talent. I used to play basketball, but I will not be participating with all of you crazies. No, no, I never played basketball. I was more of a soccer and football guy myself. Mm. Played soccer. Ah, yes. Never played basketball. No, that wasn't my thing. I finished my uh, youth football career with more ejections than tackles. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I think we're going to go to a commercial break. PSA break, that is. You're listening to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com, wherever you're listening to it. And we'll be right back with some uniform factor. Depends on if I can show them all the pictures in time. We'll have to see. Anyway, this is Compact Discourse on Legal 91.1 FM. And we are back. This is Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM. Every time I listen to like these bumps, I feel like I have to be like calm. I love this music. I was about to I say, know, what is so this good. from? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's just copyrighted and free music. Because that's awesome. where most it's of our like stuff elevator is. elevator music, but <laughs> it like is. calming. But I, I talked about it because it doesn't really fit my wanting to yell into the microphone about something. Grab it's like, I feel like I have to go, and you're back on Compact Discourse. <laughs> this is on Weagle. We're talking about. You're always wanting to yell. Well, yeah, of course. Speaking of things that I want to yell about, (laughs) 
Now, form factor is a term I learned in my occupational safety and ergonomics class. Does Powder Blue ever look bad? Ever? Absolutely not. I can't name one team. <laughs> That's the worst helmet I've ever seen. I mean, part of the fun of throwbacks is that we're all in on the joke that they look terrible. Bird is awful, but the jerseys themselves are sick. Dude, this is clean, man. Hey, when they rock and eat. Any thoughts on this Browns-Broncos matchup, Carter? The game itself? The uniforms. Yep. Uniform <laughs> Factor is back. I am so excited. The fact that you didn't tell us that you were playing anything, we just sat in silence for 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> that was the point, guys. If I can entertain the people listening and the people within the studio, then my job is complete. That was so, so funny. why do I bring up Uniform Factor? Because it is mostly a college sports or college football experience because there's little variation in NBA uniforms and very little variation in NFL uniforms, especially in the playoffs. It's because I saw a recent debate on Twitter that said with Super Bowl Sunday coming up, Super Bowl teams should rock retro uniforms during uh, the Super Bowl, which I thought is interesting. My opinion, of course, is that most teams should go back to their retro looks anyway mm. because they're better. Like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Rams, but – they had really bright blue and yellow uniforms for years, and then they went to like this dull gold. Let me let me pull up. I remember the blue. I didn't know they switched. Oh, yeah, so let me let me pull it up real quick. The old ones are just so much more recognizable. So yeah, it it was basically. Let me see if I can find it. So they went from okay, this is actually a perfect picture. They went from these, which are in my opinion just legendary oh, yeah. and yeah. so perfect, to whatever the heck this is. Oh. Yeah, no, the old one's definitely better So there. it was like a random 2000s trend of like, oh, the colors need to be more dull, obviously. For yeah. whatever reason, I still don't really understand why that happened. Because they've since gone back to the bright ones again. Because oh, okay. they're obviously better. Like, the reason yeah. they moved to Los Angeles was to basically bring them back, too. But it's a trend that happened, and I, I still don't get it. Because I don't really... Like, minimalist logos followed by also... Duller colors. I hate the minimalist logo. Minimal thing. minimalism is the death of culture itself. It is. As I shake my fist at the cloud. <laughs> um, so that, that kind of relates to one of the teams we wanted to talk about. So obviously the two teams in the Super Bowl are the Eagles and the Chiefs. Eagles NFC Championship champions. Chiefs AFC champions. And obviously the Eagles have rocked these uniforms for a while. I'll post these all on Compact Discourse afterwards because I. I didn't have time to put them on Twitter, but the Eagles and Broncos, which are, but they're kind of a darker shade compared to what their yeah. original team, original jerseys were. They went a darker color, but they're okay. However, I gotta say, I really like the the retro ones they I wore in the nineties. Kelly green, yeah. yes, the Kelly green, yes, exactly. Good color. It is a good color. It they have a variation of retro ones. Like if I can show you guys these, these are what they wore when in like the forties. Oh, those are kind of they're interesting. They're, yeah. I like them in like a color concept, but in terms of like actually fitting today, I don't know if they really work. Cause, Not for a sports uniform. Because like, no, yeah. the, so these are basically part of when they were doing uniforms in the 40s and 30s. They they were didn't have as much individual design, so it was about getting vibrant colors together, which is why like the helmet is super vibrant because it used to just be regular leather helmets. So mm. teams would opt for a very bright design to try and draw attention to it. Because normally the leather would stain so easily by the end of the game, the only way you could tell who was who was by their helmets because all the dirt and mud and whatnot. But I really, really like these. I like the eagle on the shoulder pads. It's a, yeah. it's very yeah. 90s, admittedly, but I like but it. But in a good way. It's good. Exactly. And I honestly, I'd like it if they rock, if they came out in the Super Bowl with these, personally. It'd be cute. I mean, and it's a good color. Throwback. Like, it is my favorite color. 
Kelly green is your favorite color. I mean green. But... Oh, green in general. Green in general. <laughs> green in general. But yeah, I do. I do think, especially putting that side by side with the very dark green, makes me not like their uniforms as much now. Because like yeah. by themselves, without a comparison, I think they're fine. But again, it's why go dull? Bright colors are fun. Yeah. Nobody seems to understand that nowadays. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. And then obviously the Chiefs, little less variation here, but we're going to talk about some other things relating to the Chiefs. So obviously I showed you guys all the Kansas City Chiefs uniforms. They haven't really changed in color at all or in design. They're very classic, which is why people like them now. But their original ones were when they were the Dallas Texans, which is an interesting one to say the least. And the reason you asked – why, like, yes, they were in Dallas, but why would that be their retro go-to uniform? Certainly they've had other examples in the past. Well, that is because, obviously, we know what the Kansas City Chiefs mascot is, being Chiefs, yeah. primarily being Native American Warriors. And the reason that that is their retro one is because they cannot use their old logo, which is this. Oh. I see. Yeah. Yeah understand little dicey so yeah here basically is the breakdown they were the dallas texans for like two years and they became the dallas chiefs but there's a certain problem with a gigantic native american mascot running across the states that yeah might not work very well does it no no it does not so that's pulled up in the super bowl with that oh (laughs) oh my god that would be (laughs) insane so yeah, that that's pretty much the reason. Is like yeah, and that's that's happened to a, a handful of teams. Like for example, the Cleveland Guardians will never be able to wear their full retro uniforms because well, they're that'd be the Cleveland Indians, which are not allowed. The Washington Commanders, same thing. The Chiefs, they're gonna keep the name for who knows how long, but mm-hmm. in terms of actually going back, just isn't isn't even on their radar. I'm sure. Yeah. And that's always. The most interesting thing to me is looking up the old Native American teams' logos and seeing how offensive they are, like, in a varying sense. The Braves one, I don't know if you guys oh, seen that one. Of course I have. I feel like I have, yeah. Let me let me pull it back up just to jog the old memories real quick. Um, Be, yeah. Oh. oh, you haven't seen that one. I have not seen that yeah. one. Oh, I certainly makes have. you wonder. Makes you makes you wonder, huh? No wonder they went to just a just a tomahawk real yeah. quick. Yeah. Mm, being from Atlanta, my dad used to tell stories about when he was a kid, like the things at Turner Field related to that. Like they had like his TP at the at Turner Field, and you could go uh, visit him. Uh, oh no, that's not good. Yeah. So. Obviously, every Native American mascot team has its own story to it, and I just appreciate the teams that didn't make a Native American the act. Like, you know, they made it like the logo and the name, but they didn't go a step further and make it a livable character because that yeah yeah it's a little weird. That that's too sideshow. Which that's the problem with it, right? Is it's all like how are these people of this culture a sideshow attraction? Right, almost especially a people that were deliberately pushed out of all their territory have now become something to look at. Like, I watched a documentary a few days ago in class on the Cleveland Indians and their change to the Guardians, and it was just so interesting because I, like, I grew up as a fan of the Washington Commanders who were formerly the Washington Redskins, so I have a lot of experience with how those names can be treated by fans, and, like, people with, like, their faces painted red and headdresses were like, no, it's not offensive. The name is historical. And I'm like, no. you need to be aware of what you're doing right yeah. now. I thought Chief Wahoo was also one of the weirdest ones because it was very 
cartoonish, mm-hmm. which I also then again, what is the? There is no correct way I suppose to do it anyway, but is there's a worse? I guess there's a worse. Which would be a, making it a cartoon character? Yeah, I don't know. It's don't weird. Know. I can't speak on such things. But having also the the Braves one is not good. So here's like a diagram of all the Braves logos over time. It's kind of tiny if you guys want to take it and give it a yeah. look. So it they clear they click quickly went away from the retro logo and just was like let's make it like a, a Braves logo real quick and yep. just leave it at that. Just make it the words with a tomahawk. And now we have yeah. Blooper. Oh yeah, love Blooper though. He's pretty funny. <laughs> when okay, when Blooper got introduced, everybody was like, "What in the world is this?" But now he's like everybody's favorite. Because he's funny. That's the thing is, everybody loves to hate on mascots based on design only. Like when the Pelicans, because you know the Pelicans used to be the Hornets for years, mm-hmm. and then when yeah. the Hornets began the well, no, they wanted they wanted to get rid of it, so they became the Pelicans. And everyone's like, "Why the heck are you being a Pelican?" Which makes sense because it's like a New Orleans bird or whatever. And when it got introduced, people thought it was really ugly. And ugly. In fact, I'm gonna pull up what it looked like real quick. This is this is what I want Compact Discourse to be for an entire hour next week. It's just nothing but mascot and uniform discussion. <laughs> I would thrive. So the Pelicans' old mascot, here it is actually. So there it is on the left is what it used to look like. With a Scary. W- oh, yeah. wow. That's, yeah, that's frightening. And then so the, so the one on the right, the new one, they had this whole thing where it wore like a bandage for like a week. <laughs> oh, no. Because it like had plastic surgery or whatever the heck to fix it. But the thing with the Pelican is, like, everyone judged it very harshly immediately. Mm-hmm. But if you just give the mascot a fun gimmick and fun things to do, people are going to fall in love with the mascot period. Like Blooper. Like Blooper. Blooper looks a little stupid, but... <laughs> He's so funny. Like, that's the thing is... So the Pelicans had this gimmick where... I don't know if I've ever seen this in any other sporting event. I'm sure other mascots have done it, where he has this ray that... um like, can tell your thoughts, so he'll, like, stick it up to fans, and then they'll play some funny audio over the airwaves or, like, play a funny video on the loudspeakers or on that the video board. And it's just, that's a very funny gimmick that it is throughout the game. And, like, yeah. if you just give a mascot a fun thing to do, yeah, it kind of solves the problem, which is why yeah. I think people are so attached to mascots, like, it's not really the end of the world. Yeah. Blooper's so funny on Twitter. The only other person... Or in person mascot I can think of is like Gritty from the Flyers. <laughs> He's a weird He's looking one so though. So funny though. He is. And what about the Jacksonville Jaguar one that just like jumps off the? Have you seen it? It always, <laughs> yes. it always bungee jumps into the stadium. Well, the Braves mascot before Blooper was Homer, which was just a guy with like a baseball head. Classic. So it was a step up anywhere they went. Have you seen the Phillies mascot though? Oh, uh, yeah, scary. That one is crazy. We hate the Phillies down here, so. <laughs> That's true. Didn't they Didn't they beat the Braves in the playoffs this year? Um, I don't remember. It's like, what is this? What <laughs> oh, is that? Oh, yeah. The Philly fanatic. Yeah. The Philly fanatic, man. I, I get scary. it, I guess. It reminds me of, like, whatever the team is that has the pickle as their mascot. Oh, like the, the – oh. Oh shoot! What is it's like that? Dylan is it like, the pickle or something. Isn't it mean, like the Portland pickles or something like that? Something like that it's from Oregon, I think. The, yeah, and that must be it. So before we go, we're on uniform factor and on mascot factor. So I want to hit you guys with this: the most. Oh wait, no, the most controversial retro uniforms of all time. What is that? <laughs> Whose is that? That is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hate it. And that is their retro bumblebee uniforms. That's exactly what it looks like. Yep, mm. which they which they wore back in the 30s, like I was telling you guys about. It was an emphasis on just color, as much as you could throw at them over and over. But instead, it devolves into to this. That, yeah. Now, if the Steelers are in the Super Bowl, they should just wear their regular uniforms, right? 
If they ever get there. They've been there before. I know. Twice in like the last 15 years or so. I hope we don't have any Steelers fans listening because that would be really awkward. But <laughs> if you are, just blame Braden, not me or Josh. We're innocent of these crimes, obviously. <laughs> this is Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. We'll be back after this to talk about food, I imagine. Who knows? Maybe some weather. Maybe some AMC controversy. Who knows? Anything can happen on Compact Discourse. Now, that one is more my vibe, I would say. Uh, to the, I don't think that's your vibe, well, but it's a, it's a good vibe. I mean, vibe. it's more energetic than the lull me to sleep elevator music. It's hard to yell to, though. Like, I, no, I... Do you right. know the Phantom of the Opera theme? Yeah, no. It's like, dun, 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 dun. No. Oh, that's your theme, Alex. That, oh, that's my theme? Thank you, Brayden. Incredible. <laughs> well, guys, you know what time it is. You do. Even if you don't, you do. Let's go to eat a snack. It's time to go eat a snack, guys. That was up. <laughs> you said it was a bad one, but that's that was just it. Eh. It works. It works. It, it, again, it's a temporary, temporary solution until we solve our problem. Braden's giving me some ideas. We got some ideas in mind. It's gonna we got be a something lot of fun. cooking, if you will. <laughs> All right, and the menu at the edge, everybody, at the tradition station. You've got some Latin spiced pork roast. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Herb roasted red potatoes, calabacitas. Does anybody know what those are? Calabacitas. Can't say that I do. I'll tell you no. what they are. Sauteed zucchini, corn, red and green peppers, onion, and garlic all in like a little oh. slop. So, so, okay, it sounded decent. good till you said slop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it looks very good, so I would describe it as a slop. But then my favorite thing on the menu, grilled carrots. You can never have enough carrots, so my mom says. That's your favorite thing on the menu? I love carrots. <laughs> carrots are so good. <laughs> They're good for the eyes, you know. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Alex's favorite thing on the video. <laughs> you just go it's into carrots. the edge and you just pile those carrots on your I plate. actually do. Would you like to see it? Hold up. Please. I'm going to pull up a Please. quick picture because my mom always says that I should send her the picture of my food at the edge because she wants me She wants me to let her know what I eat. I know you walk into the edge and the edge workers are like, it's the carrot man. <laughs> it is the carrot man. <laughs> let me see if I can find it again. He's um, back. He's back. Refill there's my there's my heavy helping of carrots. Okay, yeah, that's, I can see. Okay, it. that's not that bad. Well, no, the, 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 there there's a lot there. Believe there me. is, but like I thought you it was going to be the whole place. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I like to mix in some Brussels sprouts in there every once in a while, you know. Okay. Try 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 and keep it healthy. Anyway, <laughs> back to our very important menu at the edge that many and many of students are wondering right now. What am I going to have for lunch today? I've got you guys. I also have a honey wheat dinner roll. Those are yeah, those are all right. Oh, my then at the at the grill, a Nashville style hot chicken sandwich. And crispy homestyle French fries. That's pretty good. <gasps> and then the, the Urban <laughs> Kitchen, they've got a dirty Frito pie bowl. Oh, that one's usually oh. good. Beef, jalapeno, queso, and corn chips served with our signature seared cheese corn and flour tortilla. With jalapeno, queso, so frito black beans, taco ground beef, and arroz verde, which is white rice, salsa verde, parsley, parsley and scallions. You made that excited noise and... Could not told you what, what you were about to say. I thought what it was going to be more carrots. Uh, <laughs> okay, there actually might be more carrots if we keep on scrolling oh, down okay. the list. Then you got, ah, those are all regular stuff. True Balance, this is the allergen station where st- 
Everything is made without eggs, milk, peanuts, tree nuts, fish, shellfish, soy, sesame, wheat, and gluten. So as to not. So in case anybody has a lot of food allergies, that's the place they can go to. It has rotisserie jerk chicken, seasoned rice, roasted spaghetti squash. I don't really know about that one. Then tomato, cucumber salad, and collard greens. Mm. Eh. Then it's Streetworks, which is basically your other taco place. Asian pepper steak, which I'm sure will have the consistency of bubblegum, crispy shoestring fries, and white poblano queso. Then the pizza station, barbecue chicken pizza, classic cheese pizza, pepperoni pizza, and the most dangerous station of all, the desserts, <laughs> devil's food cupcake, vegan zucchini bread. I don't know about that one. Mm. Sugar cookie and strawberry shortcake parfait. <gasps> wow, fancy. Anyway, that has been okay. your snack. I'm not going to go through the dinner menu because we'd be here forever, and I'm sure they'll have more carrots, and I don't want to be ridiculed. I was about to ask what your favorite dessert was. Um, Is it carrot cake? cake? (laughs) (laughs) No. Actually, my favorite favorite, favorite dessert is- It's candy corn. No, they don't have that at the edge. If they did, I'd eat it, though, but they don't have that. Uh, Honestly- it's their oatmeal raisin cookies, which are so good. Ooh. Actually, yeah, those are pretty good. They're really good every time they make them. Even the like the vegan ones are pretty good too, though the the regular ones are awesome. And then the blondies they make, they make like M and M blondies, Yum. so good. Which is why I have to stop eating dessert at the edge because I would I would go get one, then I go get another, then I get a plate of two more, and it it just be it'd be a downward <laughs> spiral from there. It's dangerous, man. When you swipe and you have unlimited food, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous time. You got you got to have self control. Or, though yesterday, they have soups, and their soups are always pretty mediocre, but you know I'm a soup guy. My, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't told you this, Josh, but my dad actually runs a Soupstagram. It's called That's The Old Man cool. in the Soup. He uh, posts all the soups he eats throughout the day, and I've inherited such a gene. <laughs> and they had, they had a special soup, and it was chili, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so cool, chili. And I go and open it up. The unholy thing that I saw in there... <laughs> <laughs> the absolute crime against chili. What that was, was it? So it was literally like a pile of just ground beef and tomatoes and beans, and there was like no broth or like no liquid at all. Did you eat it? No. <laughs> <laughs> like it was one of those. I had to press the spoon into the ground beef to elicit just some liquid to come out of that. Like, and chili's not supposed to be. You know, you don't have to make it purely a liquid, a liquid dish. Chili has very inconsistencies, but. There has to be something. Like, it might as well have been a taco, to be honest there with you. There's yeah. no carrots point, in the chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to let this go. I like carrots. What of it? <laughs> it's just funny. Okay, yeah, that's fair. After all the jokes I make about you liking coffee, I suppose it's fair. Yeah. Oh, oh, my mom is listening. She sent us a carrot gift, so that's <laughs> pretty great. Shout out to mom, one of our one of our many loyal listeners, I imagine. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. We have fun here, guys, don't we? I'm just saying. I like carrots. Well, what a crucify me, why don't you, for liking carrots? I wasn't. Ay, ay, ay. I'm just saying. Well, all right. Let's let's talk about this. What's y'all's favorite foods then? You've been to the In edge, general, I'm assuming. general, at the edge. Or I'll say at the edge if you've been. Okay. Oh. Your go-to meal the few times you've been. I actually... I like the nacho bowl thing, where it's just like the chips with the cheese on top. Their it's, queso is pretty, pretty good. pretty good, yeah. And they have, you know, the homemade tortillas. Those, t- yeah, tortillas those are, are good. made in-house and they're very good. I didn't realize good. they were homemade until, yeah. like, the other day when I saw them, like, rolling them down the little conveyor belt thing into the oil. They're That's good. crazy. So, because you can tell when they run out because when they do, they just put them out of, like, a plastic bag. And the, the consistency is such a difference. <laughs> like, you will know when they're yeah. bad. Now, Brayden, you're, you're not an avid 
edge goer, so <laughs> no. So what what would you what would you say if you have been? I went once when they opened, but I don't mm. remember what I had. Then what is your go to meal on campus then? Just, uh, just pivoting that direction. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, you're, you're not beating the coffee allegations. No, right now, I'm, I'm really not. I, that's what I have consistently, but I try to change up what I eat every day mm. to something else. My freshman year, I had Chick Fil A like four times a week. I can't do that. It was bad. I could have it like once or twice a week. I mean, but... there were there weren't a lot of options. Like my uh, like yeah. my so the edge was not a thing my freshman year. Um, and then, like, it just was very. It was a very different. Like I don't know, just. It was a very different experience freshman year in terms of what what food options there were. We're so old. We are. Plus, I mean, chicken salad chick, I hadn't exactly warmed up to it my freshman year because I never had it. Now, I'll eat that stuff any day of the week that's over at Chick-fil-A. That's my favorite restaurant on it's campus. So it's so good. good. It's re- That's the one thing is that there's no dip in quality, you know, because yeah. with every every one of these, I think there is a very, like, I haven't been to a panda outside of campus, but I'm sure pandas outside of campus are probably better than the panda here. Yeah. And I'm Love I know that. Chick-fil-A's outside of campus are better than the Chick-fil-A here, especially based on variety. But the chicken salad chick is it's just good. It's good. Yeah. It's and really good. The problem is it's always closed when I want to go. Like, it I'll is, go at it, like 4 p.m. and it'll be closed. They run really weird times, yeah. and I wish they wouldn't. I, I guess it's it's probably because they hire independently because most of the restaurants here run on Tiger Dining employees, but I'm pretty sure Chicken Salad Chick is their own system. I think so. Because sense, I know yeah. for a fact uh, Tiger Dining runs Chick-fil-A, and I know they obviously run all the dining halls. And obviously the food trucks are different, but I think chicken salad chick is definitely run differently, so therefore it's just a different system in place. But yeah. when it is open, it's good. It is. It's very popular too. Yes. But that that that's you know, hey guys, if you're a freshman still trying to figure out where to eat, one yeah. I would say you've been here for a semester, you probably should know what you're doing by now. But if not, <laughs> chicken salad chick is pretty good. And with that, guys, I think I think it's time to move on to the AMC. Oh. Now, Josh, I don't know if you heard about this AMC controversy. I've heard very briefly about it. Interesting. Well, I heard about it, of course, from Braden yesterday, and then I turned it into a viral tweet. Viral so was, tweet. It was not a viral tweet. I, I got liked by like 10 people, 14 people. Um, so AMC theaters, I don't know if you're an avid movie watcher, Josh, or if you ever go to the AMC. Every once in a while. Well, the AMCs here are terrible. <laughs> so We are single-handedly keeping that place alive. The Mobile AMCs, I feel spoiled compared to how... They're, That's they're, the last one I went to, yeah. The ones in Mobile are good. They're, they're quality enough. The ones here are... Oh, my God. So AMC has decided to change its ticketing prices depending on seat location. So... Standard sightline, the most common seats will be your normal regular price, which are still very expensive tickets anyway because movie every everything's going up. Then the value sightline, which is front row and select ADA, which is American Disabilities Act seats, will be a lower price. And then preferred sightline, middle row seats will be a premium pricing. That is unfortunate. Yes. What do they mean is my question. Like what? how much more do they want from me to sit in the middle? It, yeah. It's crazy to me because, like, my concern is how many middle how how many rows count as a middle row? Because like, yeah. yeah, they could very easily say this eight row section are the middle rows, and that's like the only good seats in the theater. Period. Like, it's yeah. not about common yeah. seats. Sometimes it's about if it's a good seat or not. And even if it's a good seat, like, it's not that great. Like, depending on where you are. My my issue with it, and my friend Connor Bishop, uh, who I uh, met in high school back in Mobile, he actually goes to Loyola Chicago now, he tweeted about it, and 
basically the problem with it is that it's not like AMC is giving you a good experience, respectfully, of <laughs> yeah. course. Like, it's not like they are, you know, Disney World charges a lot of money, but it's Disney World. Yeah. It's a great, Universal, it's a great experience. Mm-hmm. AMC is not, AMC is just what we go to because they bought every other theater out. Yeah. Because they had a lot of money and they bought everybody. Yeah. It's just annoying because there's nothing about the experience that I, I go to see movies now because I go to see them with my friends. Obviously, we have a giant Eagle Eye and Weagle coalition that go see movies now, yes. like Cocaine Bear and whatnot. So excited! <laughs> um, and I'll be at AMC for that, but because there's nowhere else to go. There's no, especially gosh, the the Auburn m- movie culture is tragic. Yeah. So you know, you know, uh, there used to be a theater downtown, actually. Yes, I did. A one room theater downtown called the Tiger Theater. I want to say it was called. And we'll certainly. Oh, I got to turn this down a bit. Hold up. Um, we will continue this discussion on AMC and movie culture in Auburn in general. Maybe some stories about the downtown movie theater. This is Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. We thank you for listening. Welcome back, everyone, to Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM and WeagleFM.com. Braden and Josh are still with me here for the last segment of the show. We got a little bit of a history lesson here for us moviegoers. We were talking about AMC and their ticket pricing. Again, the main issue is the fact that they don't exactly have a standard of quality to justify price increases. It's already so expensive anyway. It really is. It's really kind of crazy. Like, the fact that I remember thinking, oh, like the deal that Braden is on, she's on the a member of the Stubbs A list or whatever, AMC A list. I was like, there's no way that's worth it, but it is because of how expensive yeah. everything else is. It's only a matter of time until they increase the pricing of that. Because, I mean, I'm basically giving them 20 bucks a month to not pay for anything else. But what I want to talk about is the downtown theater. So. The Tiger Theater, which opened downtown, it's next to where they're building the Target, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed this this morning, but that that uh, Target building, you know, it's like made of all brick. They're actually painting it white, uh, which what? I think is going to look hideous. But yeah, why? Downtown. I didn't pay attention this morning, but why would they do that? It doesn't match. I have no the brick. The plus they picked a good brick. All things considered, that all Auburn brick is yeah, like it, it kind of matched. It matched. And now they're painting it white, and I'm like, it's oh, because we were watching. Or we were walking, and I'm like, I noticed. I was like, oh my god, Megan, they're painting it white. Well, I walk by and every we morning. We could not believe it. I'm sure you walk by every morning. We should just yell at the construction worker, please stop. And the worst thing is, you know, they've got that big like Waldall built like sign that is a gray concrete, which does not go with yeah. white either. Oh. I don't understand how these people that can have all this money to build stuff can be so dumb. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that. The Tiger Theater opened in September 6th of 1926 and was closed April 26th, 1984. Oh. And so the history reads, it was opened by F.A. Rogers in September. It was the first regular movie theater in Auburn, though movies had been shown in, col- in the college auditorium at least twice a week on Friday and Saturday nights since 1912. 
the College Picture Show, as the YMCA program was called, continued to operate for two years after Tiger Theater opened, but suspended its operations once the theater was in place. Now, according to a book called Lost Auburn, A Village Remembered in Period Photographs by Ralph Drawn, as in the guy that the, the library is named after. Yep, RBD. The Tiger Theater closed in April 26, 1984, but this is the kicker that really gets me. Downtown Auburn's two other movie theaters, The Village and The War Eagle, both closed the following year. We were robbed. Yeah. All these ugly, expletive apartment buildings downtown, and we could have had a movie theater. That I could walk to. Plus, like, that's what I'm thinking yeah. about. Like, now, considering how one AMC has killed the culture so categorically, a theater downtown would probably thrive. What about, like, it would be a really cool experience. It would add to the downtown, like, flair. Because I don't, so as you said, you're from Mobile, Josh. Yes. I don't know if you ever made it down to the Crescent Theater in downtown. I, I have walked past it and I know about it. You've never been I in, never though? I went to it, though. It's an experience. When you're back yeah. in town, I honestly really recommend it. One Room Theaters are just a different vibe entirely. It really is a special experience all its own, in my honest opinion. I just – and it would be it would be such a cool thing to be yeah. – uh, such, such an item down – instead of a Target and a Publix and a hotel yeah. and an apartment and an apartment and an apartment and an apartment. I just don't get it because I think it would make a lot of money. Now, obviously, yes, you have the fact that college students don't have time to go see movies during the day, so you do lose that weekly amount. Yeah, but – You'd make a killing on weeknights and on yeah. other nights. I I get so night, mad yeah. when they don't play anything after seven. Yeah, I'm like, like I have to work. So the Crescent even runs. It only runs two times. It runs a two p.m. showing and a seven p.m. showing, and they still make a killing. Like apparently, a man called Otto is showing there right now, and it was a packed house to see that movie. Downtown theaters are a yeah. lot of fun, and yeah, we had three. Now I'm upset. Because I, <laughs> I, I only thought there was one. I really only thought there was one theater. I did not know there were two others down there. Are you kidding me? I mean, I we've already. I love old theaters. Exactly. It's like, it's a it's a crying shame. Because you know, also there's the Sanger Theater in Mobile as well in downtown. Yeah. They show movies when they're not doing orchestra stuff. And I saw Elf over Christmas there. there. It's so fun. Brain, you'd like that theater because it's it's actually it's a, a chain experience. of theaters built by the Sanger brothers in like the 1920s all across the southeast. Really? And Mobile Sanger is one of the only ones left, along with the New Orleans Sanger and the Pensacola one. Now I have to go. It almost so, Yeah, there's one in Pensacola, yeah. apparently. It almost closed in the 70s, and then like a company bought it out and was like, we're going to preserve it as long as we can. And it's it's like a t- it's like ripped out of a time capsule from like the 1920s. It's crazy, yeah. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. It's amazing. I love the Sanger Theater. Shout out to the Sanger Theater. And, of course, the Crescent Theater, because they do good work. And... The Crescent Theater is also where I saw 2014's Godzilla. <laughs> the loudest experience of my... That's the thing with the Crescent is that the sound system is pretty good. It gets you. Because like we saw the Fablemans there, and it was like raining in the distance in the movie. And one, only one of the speakers had the rain. like It was coming from our left side, and we're like... Oh. It, it was one of those, where the sound comes from different areas when it's happening in the, in the movie. Oh, you know, that's uh, cool, yeah. Because like, some AMC just like blasted at you. They re- like, when we saw the menu, the audio only came from the screen. Did, did you notice? That was horrible. I couldn't understand what Anya Taylor-Joy was saying. When I went and saw the last Jurassic World movie in Atlanta, it was like the loudest thing in my life. I even had to go like t- to the worker. It was like, it is so loud. And they didn't fix it. Well, that you know, that's the that's the AMC way, isn't it? Yeah. The AMC experience. It's yeah, you par for the course. The AC's not gonna work. The yeah. audio is gonna be messed up. The screen's gonna glitch out like it did before. Um, it does that every cabin. time we're yeah. there. 
And every time we're there, it glitches. And everybody's like, what was that? And I'm like, it does that every time. There was an AMC in a mall in Texas that I used to go to because it was like three bucks for a ticket. Yeah. It was insane. But it was like the floors were always sticky. Oh. <laughs> you can, like, your shoes would stick to the floor and you had to use like forced to move. <laughs> Love it. All I know is the AMCs in Auburn are just really creepy now. If there's nobody yeah. in there, it's just very scary. And with that, I think that's a perfect <laughs> outro to our show. Shout out AMC. You've killed the culture in Auburn. Thank you, Braden, for stepping onto the show and running all the way here. And thank you, Josh, for joining Comic Disc for the first time. And then Slim and Radio is coming up next, right? That's right. Exactly. Ooh. And this has been Compact Discourse on Weagle 91.1 FM at WeagleFM.com. We thank you for joining us this morning. And you can join us every other day of the week other than Friday. I know Davis and Cameron will be back tomorrow. And then Rio and Adrian will be back on Thursday. But other than that, I'll see you guys next Tuesday for our Valentine's Day episode. I have no idea what we're going to do, but I'm kind of excited for it. And we'll see you then. <laughs>